welcome to the Gridiron Breakdown Off-Season Edition. We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. Our hosts will talk about how your favorite theme is retooling as we discuss the top college football news, free agent signings, and NFL draft stories. I don't care about that. Uh, yeah, you do. You and I both know it. Chat with the host if you're watching on Facebook Live. Facebook.com slash The Gridiron Breakdown. I'm going to tell you all about how much fun you're going to have this season. And now, let's get to the breakdown. It's time for the Gridiron Breakdown Off-Season Edition. Glad to have everybody here to talk about it. And I can't wait to bring on our wonderful panel tonight. With me, Alan, regular co-host, co-founder of the Gridiron Breakdown, and with us tonight, Professor Emeritus of the Gridiron Breakdown, Josh Hathaway. <laughs> Welcome back, fellas. Good to see you. Well, it's certainly good to be back. You know, I'm really surprised that Josh uh, decided to come on this show because, you know, <laughs> he hates the forward pass. He believes the forward pass was created by the devil and given to Bill Walsh, and then the rest is history. Yeah, because we are going to be talking a lot about the purveyors of the forward pass tonight. Notre Dame, it's it's you know never trust the Irish. <laughs> well, I don't know. I still say it's all Texas's fault, but uh, glad to have I you guys off on that too. <laughs> yeah, glad to have everybody in here. If you're watching the show, share it on your feeds. If you're chatting with us, we'll try to get to your comments as we go along throughout the show. But we're going to be talking about Bill Connolly's excellent article the top quarterbacks of the 2000s 20 years of college football where he's laid them all out 60 to number one we're really going to focus on that top 10 we'll get into that in a little bit but there is some pretty big nfl news and i want to start with this with you guys jj watt to the arizona cardinals that is not on my bingo card i did not have that as a possible destination so alan josh your thoughts about jj watt going to the nfc west arizona cardinals I'll defer to you, Josh. Go ahead. Well, I had I had I had a couple of thoughts. Um, uh, a, a couple of thoughts on this one. Uh, one, you know, from from just a football perspective, um, it doesn't get noticed, but Arizona Cardinals actually have. You know, people will talk about you know great defenses, great defensive lines in the NFC West, and they immediately pivot to Aaron Donald. Understandably, so the guy's amazing. You want to know who? one of the most productive and prolific pass rushers in the NFL the last three, four years has been Chandler Jones. J.J. Watt now gets to bookend with Chandler Jones. Watt is still an effective player. He's not the guy who won those uh, defensive um, player of the year awards um, from a few years back, but he may not have to be when you've got Chandler Jones opposite him and so I think that the Arizona Cardinal pass rush just got a whole lot more interesting. And then the other thing that, that I thought of is, and, and I, I haven't read this anywhere else, so um, the Gridiron Breakdown is going to get to start the clickbait. <laughs> let's get, gentlemen, let's get the Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson trade rumors going because Deshaun Watson is sitting somewhere at an undisclosed location <laughs> singing, this used to be my playground, wanting to reunite with De DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt, and I'll leave you guys with this. Right. No, I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, and, and Alan has already introduced my hatred of the forward pass. What do you think that, what depraved things do you think that Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins could do 
in a Cliff Kingsbury offense. We saw what they did under Bill O'Brien. Do you want to stop and think about what those guys could do where Kingsbury's going to let them just throw it all over the place? I I, I, I think what Kyler Murray's doing is pretty darn effective so far with all yeah. that too. So, And we'll be talking about these guys in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Alan, what about you? I mean, I think it's an okay move. I think it was motivated by money more than anything. I think J.J. Watt had the chance to go to a couple of teams to maybe get that ring. Um, but I think it would require him to maybe take a lesser role. Like, I really thought he needed to go to an NFC team just for the fact that, well, let's be honest, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are going to be a beast in the AFC for several years to come. So you go to the NFC. I really thought Tampa would be a really good fit for him, but that would have caused him to have to take significantly less money and to be more of a role player. And at 32, maybe he's got a few more years left, and maybe he thinks I'm going to get this big deal in my next one. I'll do that. Um, But I I knew the Packers weren't really in on him because he wanted too much money. I mean, the Packers would have signed him somewhere around five to eight million from what I heard. And I mean, he ended up getting 15. Um, so I mean, I think it's a good move for him. I think you know, really, everybody just wants out of Houston. I'm not sure they're gonna have 53 guys on that team by the time September rolls around. Yeah, look, they already dumped the running back and the center starting center earlier today, so it's it's a total rebuild in Houston. So, with uh, no we'll, draft picks, yeah, yeah, I think they're waiting on those draft picks to come in, but more on that later on as we go down the line. So, that was the NFL note of the week. Uh, obviously, the Deshaun Watson watch is on and will be up until the draft. This is normally combine week. I, I'm kind of missing that, but we are getting reports about different guys coming in and out. So we, we're heading into draft season. Jay, we know how you feel about watching guys run around in their underpants. Look, I, I make no bones about the fact that I will straight watch the combine uh, all the time. I, I keep that on, and uh, I still hold on to the fact that I knew who Johnny Knox was before any of you did uh, because I remember that guy at the combine, and he turned out to be a pretty decent wide receiver for the Bears for a little while. Uh, but – you know, NFL draft season will come up. We'll get to that later on here in the offseason with the Grand Arm Breakdown. We're here tonight to talk about the top college quarterbacks of the 2000s. And if you haven't checked out Bill Connolly's article, it's on ESPN Plus. So, you know, go sign up for the free trial and read it. It's worth it. Or if you already have Hulu and Disney Plus, you already get ESPN Plus. So just sign up and read it. You don't have to watch any of this stuff. Um, I've been following Connolly stuff for a long time, uh, back when he was with SB Nation, and it was the S&P Plus uh, ranking system, and now it's just SP Plus, then he's Banner Society, so you moved over to ESPN, I'm like, okay, so ESPN bought up like the smartest data guy in football, I'm, I'm okay with this. Bill puts out good stuff. He doesn't just do clickbait. But in a way, I think he created the most talkable clickbait college football story of the next month because this is an impossible task if you think about it because think how much has changed in the last 20 years of college football. You know, I was watching highlights of Reggie Bush the other day because it's coming up on his 25th anniversary or something. Or and I thought it was his 15th, 36th birthday. I think. Yeah, that's what it is. His 15th anniversary, and I thought Reggie Bush in like Clemson's offense or something like that. Like, you imagine how insane that would look nowadays. And he was running out of the out of the eye formation all those years ago. That was just 15 years ago, guys. That wasn't that long ago. So. A lot's happened. How do you rate these guys? Bill does it with a lot of statistics, a lot of impact statements, stuff like that. Really what we want to get into is how good did he do on that top 10? And then what I'm going to ask our panelists to do here is let's talk about the top 10 and reorder the 10 as they exist, if you want to, or accept them as they are, and talk about the players. And then I've given both of you two passes 
to promote someone from 11 to 60. So they've got to exist on that list somewhere into that top 10. So you can't go back and, you know, bring somebody from South Dakota state that you're a real big fan of, you know, from 2003 onto the list. Yeah. I know that just kills you, Josh, but, but you can't do, you can't do that. Because they ran the ball. There you go. Right. So you can't do that. Uh, but we'll get into that as we go. But before we go any further, let's talk about the ones that did make the top 10. So at 10, Robert Griffin, the third from Baylor, Heisman winner, stud quarterback all around. Number nine, Marcus Mariota from Oregon, another Heisman winner, a guy that powered his team into the playoffs. At number eight, another Heisman winner, Lamar Jackson from Louisville, the guy that Auburn fans will always remember. Gus Malzahn thought Tyler Queen was a better option than this dude. Um, and <laughs> is, is now tearing up the NFL. Lamar at number eight. Number seven, Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, who most people said should just be a baseball player. And then he became Josh Rosen's replacement and, and has just torn up Arizona, as we've talked about. Number six, a guy that uh, you two will never forget, Deshaun Watson from Clemson. It was a uh, pick play. <laughs> <laughs> Deshaun Watson from Clemson, absolute stud legend. We all know about him and soon to not be part of Houston, Texas, we assume. Number five, Joe Burrow from LSU. Statistically, nobody had a better year than 2019 Joe Burrow. He was playing the video game on rookie level and with the sliders all to 100. Was not fair. Number four, the original cheat code. The man that Gary uh, Barry McKnight once said is the truth. Tim Tebow from Florida. Number three, the only thing Texas did good in the last 20 years, Vince Young. At number three, the quarterback who led him to a great national championship over USC. Number two, your favorite player, Josh, Cam Newton from Auburn. Uh, and number one, I mean, you know, the legend of Cam, the supernova he was in one year, changed college football forever. And number one, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, uh, a stat monster at two different schools who walked on both places and still tore it all up. So that's the top 10 as it exists right now. So first off, just want to get your initial impressions, thoughts on all of it. Josh, we'll start with you. Initial impressions on that top 10. Have you ever watched a movie or read a book where you're uh, thoroughly, you know, you're engaged in the book or the movie, you know, maybe you got a few flaws, a few things you're not loving, but you're interested, you're invested. And then you get to the last five pages of the book or you get to the last 10 minutes of the movie and you feel cheated. You feel like hours of your life have been wasted and taken from you. Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in the last 20 years. Judas Herbert Walker Priest, get a lap, Bill. Oh, my God. So we already okay. see Josh has problems. He may, be, he may be the best quarterback from Oklahoma in the last 20 years, but you know what? That's an open debate when you've got guys like Jason White, Josh Heupel, Kyler Murray, who's also on this list. Sam Bradford was okay. Jalen Hurts was pretty good in one year since we've Andrew seen Jones. Bill has no problem with some one-year wonders. I mean – Again, is Baker the best at Oklahoma? That would be an interesting um, spinoff show if we wanted to talk about Oklahoma football for that long. But And he probably is, but number one overall, absolutely not. No, no. Now, look, he was – now, now, having said all that, he obviously belongs on the list, and he should be high. He just shouldn't be number one. And then this may surprise you, and Jay, you, you know, you kind of – teased it 
Deshaun Watson is only number six. <laughs> I, I don't think so. When you talk about here again, that guy was a stone killer. He was, you know, field general and, um, and game manager. Absolutely. Passer. Definitely. Athleticism runner. Yes. And then the ability to that it factor, that, that greatness in the moment, that presence, he doesn't have a Heisman trophy. That's a laugh. He is very close to having had two rings. It could have gone that way. I hate the one he's got. I'm glad for the one he doesn't. Um, but I, I, you know, just, just centering strictly on this um, top 10, Jay, um, you know, I've got, these aren't my only issues, but I'm going to start there. There's no way Baker Mayfield is, is the number one quarterback of the 2000s. And I would have Deshaun Watson higher than number six. Well, we will get into the repromotions of things. Alan, your turn though. Initial thoughts on the top 10 as it is. Uh, My initial thoughts, aside from just, the horrendous job of putting Baker Mayfield one. I have a lot of issues with that as well. Um, <clears throat> I think my issue is there are a couple of guys over here who are really one-year wonders, and if I think of the top 10 quarterbacks over the last 20 years, like I need a little bit more of a body of work. Not to say okay. that Joe Burrow didn't have a fantastic 2019 or that Cam Newton didn't have one of the best seasons of all time. Um, I think there's some debate from that, guys. If I – are we reordering it now or are we just bantering? We're just bantering right now. We'll reorder in a little bit. Um, you know, the one that kind of got me though was Robert Griffin the third. Yeah, he, he had a really great year, but he was at Baylor. And aside from all the horrible things that Baylor did while he was there, which that's for another time, I thought he was good, but I didn't think he was great. I mean, the Big 12 doesn't play defense. He played a couple of years where Oklahoma was down. Texas has been down for the last 15 years. He didn't play anybody. He played no defenses. And, you know, let's be honest. Trent Richardson's Heisman Trophy is sitting on Robert Griffin III's mantle. (laughs) I don't know about that, but uh, interesting take nonetheless, my friend. So, well, look. We can talk about all of it. My thought here, and really my my role is to be point guard for you too, so I'm not going to give a lot of commentary. I don't have a problem with any of the people in the 10. The order of them, though, and that's what really spurred a lot of this, I'm like, I don't know that I would have put them in that order. In fact, I'm almost certain I wouldn't have put any of these in that order. Um, uh, And so I'm curious to hear how you guys would reorder it because for me – this is a good combination. I can live with this if you want to tell me and make a case. Even if, if some of them are one-year guys, those one-years were really impactful. I'll accept that. But, again, the way that they lay out 10 to 1, I don't know. I, I got a little little thoughts about for sure. So, Josh, let's start with you. How would you begin reordering this top 10 as it is? Not taking anybody out of it, but who are you going to move to? Well, all right. So I'll, I'll go ahead and call my shot, you know, and look, there is something to be said for having had a, a singularly dominant year and, and, and some of that changes everything. You know, Jay, I think you're right. Cam Newton's one season was incredibly impactful in, and, and there were ripple effects that, that, that happened from that. Um, and so Sometimes a guy can be, you know, that kind of transcendent in one year. And then 
there's something to be said. You know, Alan mentioned um, RG3 there. RG3 had three pretty good years in Baylor. He got better each year. Now, Alan's also right about who he got better against. Um, he got better when Baylor was, you know, among the awful things. Cheating like crazy, and 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 Oklahoma and Texas were 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 both down. Um, you know, if I were to try, you know, I don't have my own reshuffled ten, but there there are a couple things that I can tell you that I that I would do in this. Mm. And and one of them is you know, kind of following off of that, I would probably reward some of the multi-year starters a little bit more. I'll go ahead and tell you, my number one would be Deshaun Watson. All right. He was, um, you know, three year, you know, two and a half, you know, there was injury starter, um, has the statistics, has the wins, has a ring, should have a Heisman to the extent that we even um, really care about that. Um, I'm actually okay with Cam at number two. Um, I'd probably move Tebow up a little bit because there's a guy who, um, was a key contributor to a championship team, won a Heisman, led a team to a national championship, led his team back to the SEC championship in what was a competitive, although, you know, I mean, the tale of the SEC championship battle between Alabama and Florida those two years is, is, is almost as interesting as what we've seen with, you know, Alabama's ongoing battle right now with Clemson. Um, I would probably edge Tebow up a little bit more and then I would edge probably Marcus Mariota up a little bit more I would drop some of these guys you know Lamar Jackson can't drop that much further but he had one special year at Louisville um and 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 the guy look he may be the best athlete of the 10 guys we've got up there um on this list and there are some good athletes um, he would probably drop. Kyler would probably drop back a little bit for me. Um, you know, Vince Young did have multiple good years at Texas. I that's I'd probably drop him back a little, not a lot. Burrow's year was really special, but he really was a one-hit wonder on a loaded. I mean, you want to see how loaded LSU was? I mean just just look at what happened last year and yeah joe burrow was a huge part of why they were great in 2019 but so were the 17 other guys that left along with him um and and you know i've got no i've, I've got no um beef against joe but that's probably just you know without that that's probably alan i'll get you in here that's probably how i would make a few adjustments in. let me ask you one thing would would you drop Baker all the way back to ten, or would you have him nine, eight? No, 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 no. Look, he there again. Baker did have, you know, and and this is true. I mean, you look at the statistics, and Bill's got him in there: fourteen thousand yards passing, one hundred thirty-one touchdowns, thirty interceptions, a um, thousand yards rushing, um, twenty-one touchdowns. He was a multi-year starter, and and look, I'll give him this. All right now, look, I despise the little prick. <laughs> he put up more points against a Georgia defense that was one of the best that we've seen in the last 10 years as scoring has gone through the roof. You know, he didn't get the win. He came up a little bit small in that overtime, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't have been that close. He played a hell of a game against, against Georgia in that, in that Rose bowl. No, I wouldn't drop him all the way to 10. He would be, 
on the edge of the, he wouldn't be in my top three. He'd be on the edge of the top five. He would be kind of in that like four to six, four to seven range for me. I would drop him back. But there again, he had multiple years of playing at a very high level. So again, I wouldn't have him number one, but I'm, I'm certainly not taking him out of the top 10. He was very accomplished, even as he was in a system that has, continually produce those kinds of results but i mean he was he was an outstanding player despite my contempt for him all right so let's bring alan under the stage here a little bit alan your thoughts on reordering the top 10 i mean obviously baker mayfield was a point of contention for you too so you start there if you want well i'll just start with my reorder and go through it Mm -hmm. i think tim tebow is number one Mm -hmm. i think tim tebow is one of the greatest college football players i've ever seen he, he not just outside of his athletic ability, his short yards running, he still had a pretty decent arm. Uh, but the way he led a team and could motivate a team, uh, you know, you talk about those SEC championship games in that 2008 SEC championship game, Alabama had a lead going into the fourth quarter. And he grabbed his offense around him and basically said, We're not losing this game. Everybody remembers the speech after the Ole Miss game. He finished top five in Heisman three straight years. And let's be honest, in 2008, there were an awful lot of people in the Midwest who left him completely off their ballot, which is one reason he probably doesn't have two Heismans. Um, So I I think he... I remember his tears in the second um, SEC championship. (laughs) Yes, yes. uh, We we remember those joyously, but the guy was a heck of a football player, a heck of a leader. I mean, the guy who ended yep. up playing pro baseball, if that tells you anything about what type of athlete he was. After, you know, he went to the NFL, and even though he didn't look great, he just somehow found ways to help the Broncos win football games. Hey, he uh, beat the Steelers in a playoff game, so he's always a friend of mine now just for that. So I think – Yeah, but he did it in Denver, so I can't sit with that. <laughs> now, I will tell you this. I think it's real close between these top three. Like, I think you could put these top three anyway. My second is Deshaun Watson. Mm. That guy – turned Clemson from a joke, essentially. Not saying that Taj Boyd and Clemson weren't on the way up, but he got them over the peak, and he took Clemson from being kind of a butt of a joke Clemsoning to they won a title. They maybe should have won two. Both those games with Alabama were really competitive, and he played phenomenal in both those games. Uh, In the biggest games, he played great. Uh, So I think he's two, three. I I think I have to go with Vince Young because – while his pro career was just awful, this is about college. Sadly. <laughs> and well, you know what? I'm gonna just really he did win rookie of the year and he did have a couple playoff wins. When we look at some of the quarterbacks that have washed out in the pros, he ended on a thud yeah. and he couldn't sustain it. But he actually had, you know, for like five minutes in the NFL, he was reasonably effective. But like you said, we are talking about college. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all remember that epic national championship game in 05 with USC who was going for three in a row and it coming down to that and Vince Young just pulling that team through. And let's be honest, that Texas team was talented, but that Texas team was Vince Young and a bunch of other guys, whereas that USC team was loaded. Yeah. I mean, NFL guys all over the place. Uh, I mean, he, he got better each year at Texas. Uh, and that last year he was phenomenal. So I think he's three. So I think four. Um, let's see. Go Hold on, I got to look at the list. <laughs> so far, so far, you you've moved Tim Tebow all the way up to the top. You got Deshaun Watson. You got Vince at three. 
uh, which is, I, I kind of agree that that spot where he lives. So from there, you know, you got okay. other guys to show. Yeah. I think from there, it gets a little murky, uh, but I'm going to go Camp Newton because he really did change how football was played in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, he was the start of that move away from the pro style to the spread. And let's be honest, I remember him running away from the LSU secondary guys who went on to play in the pros and guys who will probably end up in the Hall of Fame. There are two guys off that secondary who may end up in the Hall of Fame. And they could not catch Cam Newton. I thought I thought Bill had the best line about Cam when he said he was simultaneously the best quarterback and the best running back of the national championship team the year he played, which is something to say. Good that year, but six six two fifty. It was unreal. Hey, well, let's be. And we talked about how you know LSU lost all those guys and how they went downhill. Look at what Auburn did after Cam left. And I think there was only what one other guy on that team who even got drafted, Jay. What yeah. did Nick Fairley? Yeah. He was the only Nick, Nick Fairley got drafted, and Lee Zimba got drafted in the seventh round, but everybody else was UFAs. So, so I mean, he took that team and willed them to a championship. And football is supposed to be a team game. It's not a game where one person can just do that. But he was such a singular gifted runner and passer. I mean, he took a, he won that national championship. Let, let's be honest. Now, in that national championship game, the Auburn defense played really well. Uh, and Jay will tell you to this day that a certain running back who will remain nameless was down. But <laughs> let that slide. So, I think he comes in at four. Uh, five, I'm going to go with – I'm going to put Lamar Jackson up there. All uh, right. I, th- I think Lamar had several good years. Um and he, he was a two-year starter. Both years were really, really good. Um, and, and let's be honest. I mean, the things he would now granted it was in the ACC, but I'll explain why I have other people below him more so as he's at five more as a de facto where I put everybody else. Um, so, I mean, he really did have two really good years. That second year, I think he didn't have quite as much talent specifically at receiver. Uh, around him and that hurt him he was forcing balls he threw a lot of interceptions uh but i got him at five at six i am going to go baker mayfield i mean his career stats i mean you you can't discount that granted it was at texas tech and oklahoma and as i've said before nobody in the big 12 plays defense and they still don't play defense but baker i mean his stats are outrageous iowa state's pretending to in the last two years, which doesn't happen, but, but no, they they don't, they don't, they they do um, not play defense. But I mean, they're not even Baker played well in those big games. Uh, but you know, when you're the quarterback, you have to be able to pull your team through in those games because that's what everybody looks to. Um, so I got him at six. At seven, I'm gonna go Joe Burrow. Um, I think Joe Burrow, he played really well that in that 2018 season. Uh, I think LSU was still trying to, uh, you know, line up in the I formation and run the ball, and they got shut down by Alabama again, and it realized, oh, that don't work very well, does it? Uh, So they brought in Joe Brady. uh, Because here's the thing. LSU's always had talent, even at receiver. I mean, you remember there was a year they had Landry and Odell Beckham. Yeah, and they only threw for like 1,800 yards that year. It's insane. Yeah, so (laughs) the the problem was never – Dwayne Bowe, I mean, the number of receivers that they've had with bad quarterback play, there again, 
you know, in the same way that we could do an expose or, you know, do a, do a show on Oklahoma quarterbacks the last 20 years, LSU receivers the last 20 years, and yet they've had, other than the one Joe Burrow year, they've had absolutely horrific. They've had Alabama kicker bad quarterback play some of those years, and yet some of the best receivers in, in, in college and pro football have come out of Baton Rouge. I mean, I think they had that one good year under Mettenberger where he was, like, decent. But outside of that, yeah, it's been hot trash. And, I mean, here's the thing. Joe Burrow was a stone-cold killer. Yeah. They didn't play many close games. But when they had a close game and they needed a play, you go back to that Alabama game they played. Every time Alabama would pull close, Burrow would make a throw or a timely third-down scramble. I think the guy scrambled for, like, three or four first downs on third downs where Alabama had them dead to right. Uh, you look at that national championship game, Clemson kind of punched back and forth with them, and then in the second half, I was like, no, this ain't happening. Uh, so I think he's there. Uh, so that leaves me with – uh, yeah. yeah, I know. Let's see. Who have I missed? You, uh, let's see. Marcus, Mariota, Robert Griffin, the third, and Kyler Murray, I think, are the three guys that you haven't so, yet. I'm going to go Mariota eight. For, for this point, Mariota had a better career. Uh, he was doing it at Oregon. And let's be honest, Oregon, until Cristobal came there, was not pulling in the type of talent that uh, the other top-tier teams were. Mariota was really accurate. He was really good with his legs. His stats were great. And, I mean, he led Oregon to a national championship game where they ran into an absolute buzzsaw of Ohio State that year uh, who, you know, killed Alabama and killed Oregon. Uh, Although, if you look at Marcus's stats in that championship game, Ohio State was the clear-cut winner and won big, but Marcus's numbers were actually really – I think he had 300 yards passing in that loss. He had to because they were down by 20 points for most of the second half. That's but also he, true because his he, defense couldn't do anything to Cardell Jones and yeah. um, Zeke Elliott. Uh, uh, Zeke Elliott. Oh. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Kyler Murray is going to come in nine. It's not because I don't think Kyler Murray was really good. Kyler Murray was really inconsistent at Texas A&M before he transferred to Oklahoma. He had one phenomenal year at Oklahoma where he won the Heisman Trophy, proved everybody that his size didn't matter, with electric with his feet, with his arm. I mean, I watched him in person in an orange bowl, and, you know, it's like, can we just put this guy away? And every time Alabama would get up, he would come back down the field, and it's like, come on. Uh, but my knock on him is the two years at AM were not good, not not very good at all. Now, how much of that was Kevin Sumlin's offense? <laughs> I happen to think a lot of that was Kevin Sumlin's <laughs> offense. But I, I think that I think history has proven right that Johnny Manziel happened to him, not the other way around. Yeah. Well, and Lincoln Riley's offense, if we talk about, you know, yeah. just the numbers that can be that, that can be had. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's and to be fair, Cliff was it Cliff was Johnny's OC the year he won the the Heisman. So just to be fair, also true. And, and then I'm going to put RG three at ten. He he had some solid years, and they were doing things at Baylor that Baylor had never done, even though they were cheating like pretty thoroughly. Um, but I mean that, that that year he won the Heisman. He played really well. I mean, I think the only reason he didn't make it to the playoff is because nobody in the Big Twelve had the uh, cojones to claim a champion. Yeah, they, they had co-champion. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, Look, that's that game that he beat Oklahoma. 
kind of put him on on the map and you know they you know they had the co-champion and all that i actually you know i watched that game i didn't see i hadn't seen much of him before i didn't watch a lot of him after and you know look i wouldn't give him the heisman i I wouldn't have him in the top 10 i think he had a better career than people might remember because they didn't really start paying attention until that upset but I watched that game and, you know, we talked, Alan, you, and I'm glad you did. We talked about Clemsoning. You know, part of my knock against these Oklahoma guys is Oklahoma's been pretty good at Clemsoning under Bob Stoops and even Lincoln Riley and, and came up with a couple of, you know, duds. There was a little bit in that there, but there was an awful lot of RG3, at least for that one game, doing the type of thing, Alan, that we've talked about with, you know, and, and we had these guys highly valued, even though their games were, were different. Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, Deshaun Watson, their ability to, you know, for all of the things that they can do mentally and process, for all of their athletic skill, the heart, the, the ability to get those other 10 guys to believe and play. I saw that in RG3 in that game. Now, Again, that's not enough for me to put him in the top 10, but, you know, for, for the purpose of this exercise, we're, we're working with the 10 guys we've got here. I did see a little bit of that CEO field generalship in that particular game. And then, you know, and, and look, we, we rightly note that Baylor has cheated massively. Art Bryles came out of, you know, guys like Art Bryles, Hugh Freeze, another cheater, Three or four guys came out of those high school ranks and really made big changes in college and now pro offensive football. And it's still fair to remember that Art Bryles' system brought some of that and RG3 is when it was at its best. Well, I'll say this, and I I agree with you on, on one thing in particular, Alan. I would put Tim Tebow number one as well. And and here's why, because Tebow may be the nicest person to ever play college football in the history of the game. But don't doubt for a second that the, the word you use to describe Joe Burrow is how you could describe Tim Tebow in college. He was a stone cold killer when he got on a field and even, go back to his freshman year when Chris Leak was the quarterback and all he was, was the short yardage wildcat guy. You knew what was happening, and you couldn't do nothing about it. I mean, he was going straight ahead. He was going to hit that little pop pass over the top to Aaron Hernandez, an actual killer, or you know somebody else like that. And or you know, they're going to have Percy Harvin on the field. He was the general running all of that speed and all. Alan, that stuff. we just got shamed right there, man. <laughs> I mean, I called Deshaun Watson a killer. You called Tebow a killer, and Jay goes Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, folks. <laughs> <clears throat> Facts don't lie. But anyway, oh. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow though was was a stone cold yeah. football killer. I, no arguments there. That that would be the one thing I would definitely move. The rest of it I, I won't rearrange. But yeah, it, it, look, it, it's it's hard to compare these guys and what they did and all that stuff. I think it's an interesting list. Now, now's the real fun part though, because this is the part I really wanted to get you guys in is who in the, the 11 through 60 though, should bump one of these people. And that's what I want to get into. So Alan, I'm actually going to start with you. I'll give you your first wild card to start with here. Who would you take out of this top 10 and who would you add into it? 
Uh, I'm definitely taking out RG3. And I think I'm going to add in Matt Leinert. Matt Leinert played in three straight national championship games. He won two of them. Now, granted, he is a supremely talented team, and in retrospect, they were cheating like hell as well. Um, But, guys, I mean, he had 99 passing touchdowns, only 23 interceptions, over 10,000 yards, 65% completion. Guys, in the three years he started at SC, they lost two games. Hmm. That says something like you don't win 37 games with average quarterback play. I don't care when. I mean, one of his losses was to Vince Young in a national championship game, and I guess the other loss was – I would have to go look it up. It had to be an oddball. I think they lost to Stanford. I think they had an oddball upset they to did. Stanford that, and Harbaugh. That was one of those uh, – Jim Harbaugh was like a 30-point underdog. 42-point. Yeah, and beat him. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Stanford or if it was one of those weird Oregon State losses in Corvallis back when Oregon State <laughs> played football. I thought we were um, State could do what they did it this Mike year. Mike Riley. So. Um, but I think Matt Leiner definitely deserves to be yeah. in the top ten just for career achievement, if nothing else. I mean, he played in a little bit different time. Like y'all said, they were lining up in the I formation and giving the ball to Reggie Bush and Lindell White. Uh, imagine mm-hmm. what that guy could have done in some sort of spread offense like Sark's running – our Q freeze. Imagine if they let him sling it like that. Yeah, nuts. No, that's, that's an interesting one, Alan. I, I like it. Josh, thought, thoughts on Matt Leonard in the top ten before we well, go to your pick. Like, he, he was one of mine. He was okay. one of mine. And you know, we're we're you know, like he won back to back national championships. Won a Heisman when he left the field in that Rose Bowl. They had the lead. Now we're talking here about you know they were I formation and and and, and that's true. That was a Norm Chow offense. That was West Coast Bill Wall style. No, it wasn't Air Raid, um, Mike Gundy, uh, Art Bryles, Mike Leach, you know, some of these guys. But they weren't exactly three yards in a cloud of dust there. You know, and you had Reggie Bush, who was a runner, and, you know, they moved him around. You had Lundell White. Um, the receivers were good, not great. But, yeah, 37-2. and two, And one of those losses was in a national championship game where you were going for an unprecedented third consecutive national championship. Uh, Yeah, Matt Leiner would, he absolutely was going to be one of mine. I got a few guys I might take out, RG3 being one of them. But, but Jay, since I've got the, since, since I've got the center square here, Mm -hmm. you know, this is coming and I'm going to do it. I wouldn't put him in my top 10. Alan, get ready. Okay, I knew this was coming since we since he told me you're coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. Did AJ McCarron deflate some football somewhere along the way? He won two <laughs> national championships back to back, and he's not in the top ten. Okay, I can live with that. Not in the top twenty. All right, he's not in the top sixty. You've got. I mean. Look, uh, you you you've got you've got Keenan Reynolds, you've got Andy Dalton, Kevin Cobb, Tom Riesling made the list. He Rex plays Grossman. at Kansas. He plays at Kansas. Kansas doesn't have a football team. Oh, they did back then. Even... <laughs> well, yeah, because Mark Mangino was cheating and 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 saying terrible things to his his players, but. And I don't even love A.J. McCarron the way some of our fellow Alabama fans do. But but look, all right, and I know that I've gone off here on a rant a little bit, but but seriously, 
in the same way that we just talked about what Matt Leinart did, AJ wasn't 37 and two, and I'm not putting him in the top 10, but 37 and two, but, but back to back national championships, his losses were, you know, a nine, six game to LSU in the game of the century, which they avenged. Um, they absolutely destroyed Notre Dame. Um, you know, I am going to put in a, a, just a little bit of love for McCarron, but I agree with Alan when I was looking at that um, 11 through 60 on Connolly's list. And by the way, when he finishes running those laps for, um, for, for putting uh, the Baker Mayfield number one, I got a few more for him for, for leaving McCarron completely out. But yes, Matt Leiner was my first guy, you know, in that, you know, as we get ready for this March Madness, um, looks like we're gonna have a tournament again. You know, they got those first four, you know, first four out, last four. Matt Leiner, I'm with, I agree 100% with Alan. He is the first guy that I'm putting in. I think that as I look here, um, he was number 17. That's really too low. Uh, I would definitely have him in my top 10. Um, he didn't have a great pro career, but that's not what we're talking about. He had very good accuracy. He didn't have special arm talent, but he was accurate. He was a leader. And, uh, I, you know, like Alan said, you go 37-2, and two, win two natties, and leave the field leading in a third, that's, that's not average quarterback play. That's, that's special. Well, all right, so who would you substitute in from the 11 through the 64, one of the top 10 as it exists, now that Matt Leiner's off the board? Okay, um, all right, so all right, this one's tough. I've got, I've got two guys. I've got two guys that I feel really strongly about, and, 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 and it's, it's tough for me, but the one I'm going to go with, yeah, there are two guys. I have strong feelings about Andrew Luck and what he did at Stanford at a place where they never win football games, um, you know, for years and years and years and years. But, but the guy that I'm going to put up there, and again, it's based on, you know, well, it's been Trevor Lawrence. I, 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 I'm, I was nervous about this because of recency bias, and I know that his career has just ended but you look at the games he won, the games he has been in, the teams he beat, and well, look, you know, I don't think it's an accident that the two guys that I gravitated towards in Trevor Lawrence and uh, Andrew Luck of the last 20 years, those are the two guys who had the best draft grades coming out. Doesn't mean that they necessarily had or will have the best pro career. But when they were evaluated and broken down by all of the talent scouts, if we take, you know, talent evaluators who have been very good at this for a very long time, these are the top two grades. And then, oh, by the way, it turned into championships, could very well have turned into Heisman hardware. Um, I, but I think, I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, there again, he is an ideal quarterback for this current era. He has the old school pocket awareness, pocket ability. You know, if you don't want to play shotgun, if you want him to line up under center, take a three or five step, step drop, read the field, throw the football down the field, make a throw short, medium, long, inside, outside. He can do that. 
he's not the same athlete that, you know, Robert Griffin III, or like I said, Lamar Jackson may be the best athlete of the top 10, maybe the best athlete of the top 60. I mean, the guy is just, and there are a lot of great ones on this. That run, and, and look, I know he did it a few times, but in the ACC championship game this year against Notre Dame, something that we'll never probably be able to say again, ACC championship game featuring <laughs> Notre Dame. That 30-something yard touchdown run, it wasn't quite Steve Young with the 49ers against the Vikings, but he is a sneaky athlete. His ability to both operate in the pocket, strictly in the pocket throwing, his ability to move laterally and make throws, his ability to move forward and pick up first downs. There again, you know, as a true freshman, that that game management and awareness of the moment, um, I absolutely I, – I would have him in my top ten. And Clemson has hurt my feelings a lot in the last five or six years. I mean, I'm wearing the hat. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy saying it. But, but yeah, I would – Sean Watson would be my number one and Trevor Lawrence is in my top 10 and Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to get a lot of crap from Crimson Nation for this and I deserve it, but I I stand by it guys. I, I would, I would elevate Trevor Lawrence. All right. I think that's a, that's an interesting pick. Alan, let's go to you for your second pick. I really need more than two to be honest. (laughs) So I had three guys for this second spot. And I really struggled with it because they're all kind of different players. And I had to think about which player was more memorable to me. Now, this is a reach, okay, but uh, you're going to like where I'm going. I'm going to take number 41, Byron Lefwich, and put Mm. him in the top 10. Who are you going to replace with that? Wow. Here's the thing. Lefwich threw for almost 12,000 yards, 90 touchdowns, okay? What do y'all remember about Byron Lefwich? The ankle and the dudes carrying him down the field. Playing on one leg. (laughs) Playing on one leg. My other memory is in a rainy night in the Crampton Bowl in Mobile, him coming back from 30 points down in the GMAC Bowl against East Carolina. (laughs) The guy was an old-school gunslinger, and the game was – I know Marshall played more up-tempo then, but, I mean, we're talking about late 90s, early 2000s. The game was different. The guy threw for – 9,000 yards. I mean, 11,000 yards, almost 12,000 yards. And just if I could have like one piece of memorabilia, it would be a picture of Leftwich being carried down the field with him having signed it. That, that was just maybe one of the gutsiest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And they win the game. I mean, yeah. it's not like they lost the game. No. I mean, I remember one play, he threw like a 60 yard touch uh, pass. But the guy didn't score, so yeah, they had to carry him sixty yards down the field before the play clock expired. Um, I, go no, ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in real quick with this on Marshall quarterbacks because they had two guys that really like put them on the map quarterback wise: Chad Pennington and Byron Leftwich. And Chad Pennington says the reason nobody remembers my name anymore is because Byron Leftwich played at Marshall, and that's a that's a true statement. So, okay, who were your honorable mentions then? The guys that you you didn't promote because this is an interesting one: Eric Crouch. Okay. Um, one of the last great option quarterbacks in Nebraska. You know, his passing yards weren't great, but you want to talk about <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but 
You know, he only I ran. I like this more than I do. You really should. I mean, this is right mm-hmm. up your alley. I mean, guys, he had 59 rushing touchdowns, and almost yeah. 4,000 rushing yards. Uh, I, I, I remember this play. It was one of the last times they actually played Oklahoma, or not one of the last times. It was one of the last times both teams were good at the same time. A double reverse wide receiver pass to Eric Crouch, and that's probably what won him the Heisman that year. I, and, guys, I mean, different game. I mean, we're talking about yeah. 90s. Yeah, you had your Howl mummies out there wanting to sling it. But Eric Crouch, I think, played really well. And the other one, and it's based off pure stats. Now, he's not quite as memorable, and I'm sure there were people who will cringe at this. But, guys, you know, I had to double-check some of these numbers because I don't always trust ESPN. Um, but what Colin Kaepernick did at Nevada. It's pretty intense. Pretty insane. I mean, think about that. His senior year, he had them up to like number 13 in the polls. Yep. Um, he threw for 10,000 yards, ran for another 4,000, had 82 passing touchdowns, 59 rushing touchdowns. And I know it's Utah mm-hmm. State. It's not the same. And so, but, so it's hard to put him in the top 10. But I was just thinking about guys who really changed the game and had a tremendous impact. And some of these small school guys would. Now, I know this is a few years earlier, but – I think he just barely missed the cut, but I, because I was looking on this list, I'm like, where's Steve McNair? I know yeah, he, he he's he was in the 90s. That's why he yeah. wouldn't have made that. But yeah. but it's like you know, yeah. I was saying, there's some of these small school guys who just absolutely killed it and deserve mention in there. And we put so much emphasis on championships and playing in these big games. Yeah. But guys, there's some of these guys who just yeah, they balled out. They, well, they were just awesome. That's why I appreciated the entry of guys like Jordan Lynch from Northern Illinois and some of the smaller school guys at Byron Leftwich from Marshall that made the list because I thought it was a, a recognition of Dan Lefevre from Central Michigan. That you're the three that I can remember off the top of my Keenan head. Reynolds. Yeah, Keenan Reynolds from Navy, which by the way, I will yeah, always I, love Bill for putting Keenan Reynolds I, in this list. I love uh, that, but you know, look, I'm from <laughs> Iowa. Brad Banks made the list, and yep. he was, you know, and Iowa at one time had the distinction of the two closest Heisman losses with Chuck Long to Bo Jackson, Brad Banks to Carson Palmer, USC then absolutely annihilated the Hawkeyes in the Orange Bowl. And again, sorry, not sorry. Brad Banks is number 50. A.J. McCarron is somewhere between 61 and 1 billion. Judas Herbert Walker. Okay, no. so so Josh, your <laughs> second entry into the top ten. Who else would you say about? Would, would I mean you mentioned Andrew Luck? I didn't know if you had another one handy that you wanted to put in. No, so so um, the, the first two guys that I had were um, mm-hmm. were, were uh, Trevor and um, and and Andrew. Um, you know, look, I will. I wouldn't put him all the way up into the top ten. Um, I do think it's worth noting that Colt McCoy had um, 13,000 passing yards, 70% completion rate, passing touchdowns, 1,500 yards rushing. In terms of career, and, you know, he gets hurt in the Rose Bowl game, the BCS title game, Nick Saban's first championship at Alabama on a fluke hit uh, by Marcel Darius. Um, Colt McCoy, you know, we we talk about, you know, Vince Young was the last good thing Texas did. And he, of course, came after Colt. You know, um, 
those teams under um, Mac Brown. Mac Mac Brown had look. They did have a brief resurgence. I think Colt McCoy. You know, they've got him. Bills got him at number twelve, which is actually about I think where it's where he lives, you know, where where he belongs. Um, I love seeing Philip Rivers there at twenty. He didn't get the opportunity to play in as many big games. Um, <clears throat> the, the thing that I had, and this is, you know, again, I talk about, you know, I, I really do. I think there's a lot to like about um, the list here that Bill Connolly's got. I look at the top 10 and I can think of a lot of guys that I want to move out. I can't think of a ton of guys that I want to move up. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I do. Um, some of those other guys. You know, maybe not. I wouldn't put Byron Leftwich all the way up to the top ten. I think he may be better than forty, though. I I I think I can hear Allen working there on yeah. on that one, and <clears throat> I'm thrilled that you know we we spend a couple minutes remembering one of the grittiest, guttiest, ballsiest, toughest things that I've seen on a on on a, on a football field happen. That was. That was magical. And, you know, Jay, I'm with you. You know, Keenan Reynolds from Navy being on there. We all really hoped that he was going to make the top five um, for the Heisman trip. Just narrowly missed out on that. I like that some of these smaller school guys make the top 60. I like that it's not all power five. I like that it's not all championship rings. Although I think even in college, I think that's a – an important part of one's resume, but not the be all end all. Yeah. <clears throat> so overall, I do like the list. I've got obviously some quibbles and this is, this has been fun. I could do another yeah. hour of this, but Josh has went on his diatribe about why AJ McCarron should be on here. Mm-hmm. I who else should be on this list is Dak Prescott. Guys, Dak Prescott, Yes, passing touchdowns, 41 rushing touchdowns. He ran for 2,500 yards. He passed for uh, 9,300 yards. Unless we forget, Mississippi State was ranked number one in 2014 (laughs) when he was the quarterback. That's a thing that happened. Yes. And Um, the teams, you know, he didn't beat Alabama, but look at the games he won where Mississippi State was undermanned and and you know they were mm-hmm. both they both benefit and were um limited by dan mullen as their head coach it, it's both um i alan i agree with you yeah i you know and i know that that's another sec school but it's not going you know alabama ohio state michigan you know i'll get here again you know michigan you know denard robinson made the list like way way back how long has it been since Michigan? You know, <clears throat> Tom Brady was what ninety nine. I think that Rose Bowl game that we yeah. don't like to speak of was technically two thousand, but it was the ninety nine two thousand. Actually, his, his last game, yeah, it was an Orange Bowl that was <clears throat> Year's Day two thousand. Yeah, yeah, but um, but you know, no, I think I think Allen's really on to something. Dak Prescott, that that's a good you know, one. He I mean, had a terrific same. college career, and he started playing as a true freshman. It was yeah. it, it was a multi year 
um, development and improvement in him. Yeah, go, Alan. Dak Prescott getting Mississippi State to number one is a lot like your next-door neighbor winning the Daytona 500 in his old Chevy Nova. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's that's an excellent point. And you know what? That's a good one to end on, boys, because it's been a fun hour here with some off-season gridiron breakdown, debating top college quarterbacks of the 2000s. Again, props to Bill Connolly and his excellent work. The link to the article is in the Facebook post. So thanks, Bill, for giving and, good and, stuff. And I'm going to be drinking lemonade watching him rock. <laughs> again, been a lot of fun, Alan. Thanks for being on, Josh. Once again, thanks for coming back on the Gridiron Breakdown, chopping it up with us. Always a lot of fun, folks. If you go to the gridironbreakdown.com, you'll find our link tree that'll take you to this Facebook page. So if you're watching this after the fact, you can follow the page. We post stuff, uh, you know, different cool articles or thing, you know, news items that we see now. Uh, we'll you get announcements about upcoming shows. Off season, we're going to do shows every couple of three weeks or so because there's not a ton going on. Uh, and after the NFL draft, let's be honest, it's going to be a dead. So there's not going to be anything to talk about till August, but we'll come up with stuff here. And Maybe there. Bill Connolly will give us another list that we can come in and tell him why he's wrong. I mean, you know, I'm I'm waiting for the top running backs next because uh, Reggie Bush better number oh. better be number one on that list and and a distant to the second. But we'll talk about it if he indeed Bill puts it out, and he probably will. Knowing Bill, uh, but always something to chat about when it comes to football. Follow the Facebook page, or you can go to our YouTube page, or if you're listening to the show, you want to listen to it on audio. Follow us on Anchor.fm. That's where you can get all the podcast stuff subscribe share the show it helps other people find it we appreciate the support so for alan and josh i'm jay it's been a real blast we'll talk to you next time here on the off-season edition of the gridiron breakdown thank you for watching and listening to the gridiron breakdown off-season edition let's just go back to where we used to be follow the show on facebook and youtube and subscribe to the audio podcast by visiting thegridironbreakdown.com to receive notifications of upcoming episodes. To you, it's just a business, but to us, it's still got to be a sport. You can also email the show at thegridironbreakdown at gmail.com. Every player has a responsibility on every play, and that responsibility begins with the proper use of his given talent.